summertime's here and I've been thinking about music festivals. You know, like the Lollapalooza and the Pickathon and that and that. There's, there's got to be hundreds of them where lots of bands gather together and thousands and thousands of people and they get there in the hot, sweaty day and they try to keep from being uh, dehydrated and becoming, you know, victims of heat stroke and all that sort of stuff. Uh, my wife and I went to see a show here about um, a week ago up in Portland at the Oregon Zoo. They have concerts there outdoors, amphitheater, that sort of thing. It's a lot of fun. We saw Bela Fleck and the Flectones. What a terrific show. I mean, how can you not like uh, the best banjo player in the world doing funk fusion jazz, huh? Along with Future Man, who is their drummer, who plays on a drum, uh, see, a synth syntax drumatar, an invention of his own that he made. Oh, by the way, I'm standing across from downtown Salem. This is the Willamette River. There's a bridge way down there, which is called the Peter Courtney Bridge. It's a uh, a walking bridge. Uh, you can drive a bicycle across it, but it's not for vehicular traffic. Uh, there's the Riverfront Park right there. There's a couple of bridges that go over and down beyond that is uh, what used to be for uh, the last hundred years a train bridge, a train trestle. That is now a walking bridge as of the last eight or ten years. So uh, downtown Salem and this is the this is the little area where people put their boats in. So as you can tell. So when it comes to outdoor music, I guess I'm a little more picky than I used to be. Uh, <laughs> I used to go to a lot of them, uh, festivals and things, but I'm not as young as I used to be and I, and I don't put up with as much of that, you know, thousands of bodies jammed together in one section like I used to. I was okay with that. Now it's like, eh, you know, I can watch all that stuff on TV. I've seen thousands of concerts in my life. I do have tickets to see the Foo Fighters here in... Um, gosh, another two months or less, they're going to play at the Portland Motor Center. I saw them last December in Eugene and one of the best concerts I've seen for a long time. So I'm a big, big Foo Fighters fan, as you might well imagine. Uh, this is the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee for uh, July 23rd, uh, 2018. You got a great guest uh, for you this week. It's Jerry Detweiler, who is, let me read from the notes here. Hang on just a second. I have it right in front of me. Uh, she's a credit expert with an education director for NAV, which provides business owners with simple tools to build strong business credit and financially healthy companies. She's been interviewed in more than 3,000 news stories. Articles have been widely syndicated, and she is the author or co-author of five books, including uh, Finance Your Own Business, Get on the Financing Fast Track. She's hosted her own radio show and testified before Congress on Consumer Credit Matters. So great interview, a lot of fun. Boy, did I learn a lot of stuff in a short amount of time, and I think you will too. I'd like to welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, Jerry Detweiler, uh, Education Director for NAV, which provides business owners with simple tools to build strong business credit and financially healthy companies. This will be a fun topic, Jerry. Uh, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. So uh, let's get to the who, who you are, who are you, and what kind of things do you do? What company do you work with? Let's just kind of get a, a sketch of who you are. Sure. I've been known for many, many years as a credit expert, fell into the field back in the 80s, and I've been talking about credit ever since. A few years ago, I heard about this. I was writing my book, Finance Your Own Business, my latest of five books, and I came across this company, NAV, that was trying to bring transparency to business credit. So most of us are familiar that you can get your personal credit for free at Credit Karma or from your credit card company or many, many other websites. But business credit has been much more of a mystery for business owners. They were trying to bring transparency to that. I thought it was cool. I included it in the book. And 
um, you know, serendipity, I ended up working there. So, so I've been there almost three years. Well, yeah. You mentioned you were, you got into the credit world, the financial world in the 80s. So uh, is there anything that you could point to that's changed dramatically since then to now? Uh, what's, what's the world like versus then? Oh, absolutely. Well, this was pre-internet. It was also yes. <laughs> in, in, the, in the nonprofit that I worked at. If you wanted to get a uh, low interest rate credit card, you would send us $4 in the mail and we would send you a list of credit card issuers with low interest rates, most of wow. them based in Arkansas. <laughs> and that was, that was how, we, um, how we got the word out to many consumers. But it was fun because I did get to work on some key legislation, including the legislation that now when you see a credit card offer, it has that box on there. It's called the Schumer box that tells you how much it's going to cost. Well, before that, they would tell you what the interest rate was after you got the card, not oh. before. So there's been some fun changes that so, way. So do you think there are better uh, protections for consumers at, at sports and businesses as well as far as when it comes to credit? Well, there are absolutely better protections for consumers when it comes to credit, both with credit reports and with credit cards. However, those laws typically do not apply to business owners. Mm -hmm. So the legislative history has been that business owners are supposed to be more sophisticated. They're supposed to be able to call advisors if they have questions, have an attorney review something. And the result, though, is now we have, what, about 28 million small business owners across the country. Many of them are sole proprietors. They may not have a lot of resources. And so sometimes they end up um, in trouble or are not understanding what they're getting into when it comes to business credit or business lending. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, what is business credit and why should entrepreneurs care about it? I think that's probably a good starting spot. Yeah, so I, I assume you've seen your, your credit reports, your personal credit reports. Or oh, scores? sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about your business credit? Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't know that there is one. Yeah, yeah. So there are there are major credit reporting agencies. Dun and Bradstreet is is the oldest credit bureau in the U.S. In fact, Abraham Lincoln worked for them as a reporter at one point, <laughs> uh, and and they and they largely fall under fly under the radar for many business owners until they need something that involves business credits. They don't realize this really exists. They aren't proactive about building business credit. And let me give you just a couple of examples of how this can spill over to your financial life as a business owner. Okay. Anyone can check your business credit. So you could have a prospective partner, you could have a big deal. If you wanna do business with the Walmarts or the Targets of the world, they're gonna check your business credit. Government contracts, they may check your business credit. You will have to have a DUNS number, which is Dun & Bradstreet's identifier mm -hmm. in their system. And all these things take some time. So what we're trying to encourage business owners to do at NAV is to check their business and personal credit and then make sure they're positioned to get the best financing possible before they need it. So when that crisis or opportunity comes along, they're able to take advantage of it and get better financing. So you're talking about business credit versus personal credit. What is the difference? How, how is that measured? What did they look at? What kind of things it, do they look at? They're completely different bureaus. So although Experian and Equifax both have personal credit databases, they also have business credit databases, their scores can be very different. So with a, a good personal credit score, 700s, 800s would be fantastic. On business credit, the top score is often 100. And so if you're 80 or above, you have a good score. Oh, but more importantly, they, they're really granular when it comes to payment history. So uh, I had an experience a few years ago. I was on vacation. I realized, oh, I forgot to pay a credit card bill. I went online, you know, hit the buttons, and I forgot to hit. You know how they, when, you, when you pay a bill online, they say, how much do you want to pay? What account do you want to pay it for? 
and then you say yes, and then they make you go on another thing that says, do you really want to make this payment, right? Yeah, you please submit or whatever the button is. <laughs> yes, right. Right. Well, I forgot that last button, so I was late. I've done that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not fun, but I, I didn't, it, it didn't end up on my credit report because with personal credit, it's 30-day buckets, so it doesn't show up until you're 30 days late. With business credit, they use something called days beyond terms. So if you have a deal with a vendor or a supplier and they say, okay, net 30 terms, you can pay us in 30 days, it's due in full in 30 days. If you pay on day 32, it shows up as two DBT on your credit. And it's not gonna drop your score like missing a 30 day late on personal credit, but it does affect your business credit score. So it's much more granular and payment history hmm. is by far the biggest factor on business credit. So it's really important to make sure that you're setting up systems to pay on time. Interesting, so so if a client takes, and I my, my invoice says net 30 for instance, and it takes 40 days, uh, I don't report that thing, but I just you know cash the check when it comes in, I don't worry about it because it's, they're a good client and they paid earlier than that, but sometimes for whatever reason it gets delayed. That won't show up, but but something with maybe a, a, a larger business, like you say a Walmart or something like that, might get um, reported. Yes, exactly. So your vendors and suppliers that do report to business okay, credit. And, gotcha. and this is another trick of business credit that's different than personal because with personal, you get an auto loan, a car loan, a credit card, it's all going to report, right, yeah. to all three bureaus. Yeah. Business credit, much more spotty. So business owners who are trying to build business credit, the first hurdle is to make sure they're doing business with companies that report and making sure that those appear on their credit reports so they're building positive credit references. So I'm guessing there's a, a different process between building those credit scores between personal and business. Is that correct? Yeah. So with business credit, two simple ways to get started. One is to get a business credit card that will report to your business credit. And most of those, by the way, don't report to your personal credit. A few do, but most of those don't. So that's kind of, that can be an advantage too, to keep that away from your personal credit. But the second step I would say is to do business with vendors that report. I have written an article at, if you go to nav.com, just forward slash vendors, there's an article that lists three easy ways to get started. They don't check personal credit and they report to business credit, Quill, Granger, and Uline. You could buy, you know, your coffee for your office or your shipping <laughs> supplies or whatever you want. And they'll give you net 30 terms. You pay those in time and you're building positive credit references. So just little things like that shows up and that's part of your record then. And they say, oh, you pay your bill on time. And so that's, oh, okay, interesting. But uh, yeah. under a business card, for instance, versus your, your personal credit. That, yes. Yeah. Yes. You need gotcha. to build business credit under the name of your business. And then ultimately the goal here is not just to have a great credit rating. That's nice. But to, to, to have the ability to get away from using your personal credit, personal guarantees, and always relying on your personal finances to fund your business. Gotcha. It make, make, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, when, when people get into owning their own business, being self-employed, being solopreneurs, being entrepreneurs, uh, what kind of things do you see from your experience that surprises them about, about credit? Well, I think the biggest surprise is that many business owners, first of all, they don't understand this process exists, that this even, you know, this even happens. But the other is that most entrepreneurs start out bootstrapping yeah. and they feel like, well, as long as I pay my bills on time, I'm okay. But what we've found at NAV is that a lot of entrepreneurs will turn to personal credit cards and even if they pay those off in full each month, the balance, your credit card issuer typically reports your balance before uh, you make your payment. So in other words, the around the time of the billing cycle where they send you your bill and they say, okay, you owe us $1,702, you can pay the minimum payment of $37 or you can pay in full, that's usually when they report. So if you're, if whether you're using it for your business or even just personal use because you're trying to rack up those reward points, if you have 
large balances compared to comparison to your credit limits, that can really impact your credit score quite significantly. So you might want to employ a different strategy. Interesting. So let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that you hear a lot about in the credit world is uh, people stealing your identity and things like that. So what about a business? Does that happen? Oh, it does. Absolutely. Really? Uh, yeah. A business identity theft is a growing problem and it's a very serious problem. And one reason it's so serious is because many business owners aren't checking their credit, they don't necessarily know that this is going on. The same disclosures hmm. that are required on the consumer side are not required on the business side. And so there was a story recently in the news about an attorney who was hit by both personal identity theft and business identity theft at the same hmm. time. He actually had to shut down his law firm to try to deal with this mess and clean it up. And that's a, that could be a significant business interruption. So it ties sort of in with what's going on in the cyber uh, security area for small right. businesses too. I think it's just one of those overall things that business owners often aren't aware of until it's a problem and until it hurts their business. And I'm sure there are things that businesses can do to protect themselves. Do you have a couple of, of, of uh, ideas? Yeah, sure. Of course, monitoring your financial accounts. So set up mm -hmm. alerts for all your financial accounts so you see what's going on. Monitor your business uh, credit so you can see if there's new accounts or new inquiries from companies you don't recognize. That could be a sign of fraud. And you want to make sure that also if something suspicious uh, pops up that you act very quickly because uh, a, a crook these days can you know, drain your account in a matter of, of hours if you're not vigilant. Interesting. Yeah. Personal experience. Uh, someone got a copy of a, a check and, and, uh, and, and, and it cleared. They, they, they changed it. They, it was an out of sequence number, but it looked exactly like my check and it cleared 6,400 bucks through my account and the bank took care of it and, and they're still investigating. But this was like, uh, you know, six weeks ago. And so that was an interesting thing to go through. Uh, I know. Scary, right? Yeah. Kind uh, of but it, but it does happen. Yeah. I was like, wow, how did that happen? I just mm -hmm. happened to be online on my account looking and I noticed that the day after it happened, it went right to the bank and we got right on it. So anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about NAV. Uh, this is Jerry Detweiler, Education Director for NAV. So let's get into more about what NAV does and what you do for them. So the easiest way to describe NAV is that we're similar to Credit Karma, but our focus is small business. So we give small business owners free business and personal credit scores, and then we give them tools to build strong business credit and help match them to the best financing. So our goal is really to prepare them so that they can get better financing when they need it. Again, that crisis or opportunity comes up, you want to go for the financing that's best for you, not the one that's fastest or best marketed to you necessarily. So NAV.com? Is that yes. the place to go? Okay. That's right. And you mentioned uh, these things at uh, nav.com slash vendors. There's some, some nice stuff there that we can also look at in an article you mentioned uh, as well. So very yeah, good. Yeah. So uh, we write, I write for our blog and we have stories every day at the nav.com forward slash blog. And those are educational stories. And we also answer questions. So if you read a story on our blog and you're not sure what that topic, you know, how that applies to you, we're happy to answer questions. As and well. Would we find information about your books there on the blog or should we go to Amazon? What do you think? You could, or you could get a free copy of my book. Oh, if nice. You go to, if you go to Jerry <laughs> and it's, it's spelled with a G, not a J. So it's G E R R I dot link forward slash free book. So jerry.link forward slash free book. If you sign up for a free NAV account, you'll get a free printed copy of my latest book, Finance Your Own Business, uh, mailed to you. Well, cool. Jerry, I appreciate your information. This is all very helpful. Thank you so much. And, and thanks again for joining me on Trade Show Guide Monday Morning Coffee. Thank you so much. Hey, I want to say thanks again to Jerry Detweiler of NAV for being our special guest on this week's Trade Show Guide Monday Morning Coffee. Uh, also, interestingly enough, I was interviewed for a podcast. I'll tell you more about that. It's a 
kind of a big deal podcast. And, and I submitted my name and asked them, they, I said, would that work? And they said, yeah. So uh, they say we're, they're about six or eight weeks out from actually posting it, but you'll hear about that. But um, I'm really glad to have done that. We got to talk about trade show marketing and my two books as well. And if you haven't gotten my books, you should get them. Trade Show Success and Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies, both of them are available on Amazon. All right. So this week's uh, trade show tip of the week talks about the graphics. So when it comes to trade show graphics, a few things to keep in mind. Let's just do five of them. Number one, big images, large, bold images. You got a big backdrop, put a single big image there. It grabs a lot of attention, make it a good one, make it appropriate to your messaging. Next thing is, number two, uh, big text. Don't put a lot of little stuff on there, don't clutter it. Uh, number three, make it a very simple message, either a bold statement or a provocative question to get people's attention. Number four, I think I mentioned this, uh, maybe it's part two of two, no clutter. So don't put a bunch of little bullet points down there uh, that people get confused at because the more information you put there, the less they can absorb in the three or four seconds it takes for them to walk by and they'll just ignore it and go on their way. So you will have failed. So big text, uh, big bold images. And finally, number five, the hierarchy. Make sure you know what is at the top, what is in the middle, and if there are smaller things, put them at the bottom. And you can actually put that smaller hierarchy on separate handouts and things, or maybe uh, see more information by downloading our PDF and things like that. But you can figure out which is at the top, either, either that's a bold statement or the provocative question. The number two would be maybe your company. Number three would be supporting bullet points if you want to put them there. Again, I would say make it as simple as possible. All right. It's a wrap up with one good thing. I think the one good thing is getting outdoors. I love getting outdoors. It's summertime. I love doing it in the winter. I'm a ski bum, but nonetheless, getting outdoors is a great thing. And I think if you look in the show notes, you'll find a link to something that I think has a lot to do with being outside. All right, so that's it. It's the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I'm Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy. Thanks again for joining me. Tell your friends, uh, put a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, and yeah, subscribe. Thanks. See you next time around.